DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. I was just telling you about Brett McMurphy, longtime college uh, football writer. Covers a little bit of basketball, too, but mostly football. And he's been doing uh, athletic director rankings for Power 5 conferences. Now he's got a list of the top athletic directors in non-Power 5 schools. And I have to say, PK, these rankings are based mostly on football and men's basketball coaching hires. Doesn't go much into fundraising facilities, that kind of stuff. Doesn't worry about the other sports. It's basically on their ability to hire coaches who are going to win in in the two sports that you get the most attention and make the most money. So, well, go ahead. I don't really care about his list, to be honest, and list radio. Uh, the question is, is Tom Homo doing a good job? That's really all that matters. Well, the answer to that is he thinks he's doing a very good job. And he goes mostly because of the, he, he labels them the two monster hires he made right when he got started. Dave Rose and Bronco Mendenhall. Well, the Dave Rose was a no-brainer. So that basically had to have happened. Uh, you could have put in the worst AD and he was going to hire Dave Rose, I would think. I could be wrong. That's my thought, is that he had been there for, what, seven, eight years, helped build that thing with Steve Cleveland. Obviously, he came aboard with Steve Cleveland, two junior college coaches. We'll never see that again, by the way, in the history of uh, college basketball, I think. I, I, I don't think. And it could probably only happen at BYU, where you know the LDS – requirement basically as a head coach is really important and then also too if you can find guys that are going to be of that persuasion is probably the way to go uh, because of the situation that you're in but nevertheless Dave Rose to me was an absolute slam dunk that 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 was it so it's hard for me to give him credit for that because anybody would have done it I, I believe so I could be wrong but I I believe just about anybody and I was covering BYU at the time for the watchdog so, uh, and, you know, knew Dave and Steve very, very well. And, and, and when Tom got the job, remember he was, they, they had a deal where they had the co-athletic interim directors uh-huh. there for a while. I think they let Val Hale go, I want to say like in September maybe. And then, so yeah. there was a few months where he had Tom and Peter, a guy named Peter Pilling, very good dude, who were co-athletic directors. When Tom got the job, he called up me and Gordon. And we went uh, down to Provo. We went up to some place, uh, some restaurant for lunch, and we sat upstairs where there was nobody. And we were there. We got there about 12 o'clock, and Gordon was still doing the radio. Well, he's been doing a radio show for a long time, so he was doing the radio show that started at 3. And he had to call. I don't remember. He's been he'd done the radio show with many partners. I don't remember who the partner was. But he had to call to say he was going to be late. That's how long we were there. And with Tom, we went over just a million of issues, just everything under the sun we talked about. Uh, So, yes, I I definitely think he's doing an excellent job. And one of the things that I would put him in there for that is beyond what most athletic directors do is football scheduling. Because you can argue very much he has one of the toughest jobs, if not the toughest job, when it comes to football scheduling. And I've talked to him about this, and and he he made a statement at one of those. I think he speaks at the education spiel every year, and I guess they education know, week. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do this year with you know used to be. That, it's all online, so who knows? Yeah, yeah right. But he may. I, I want to say it was last year because I talked to him about it after the fact. We exchanged some communication about it. It's like I, I can get you ten wins. If that's what you want, <laughs> meaning I can schedule you ten cupcakes and we can win those ball games most of the time, uh, but that's not what we want. So you know him trying to come up with a schedule is just really really difficult. That hardly anybody has to do to the level that he has to do it at, because they're trying to play big time football. These other independents, you know, they have the football program. It may not be as big time as BYU, and they certainly don't have the tradition that BYU has had. I don't think anybody can argue that. So the balance that he's had to create has been very, very difficult. And overall, I'd have to think you'd agree with that he's done an excellent job there. Now, the Bronco Mendenhall hire was gutsy because it was not the safe hire. And it was a great hire. 
I believe Bronco Mendenhall uh, should go down right now as the second best BYU football coach of all time. I mean, that was just, that was a tremendous hire. I don't think, I I just, I I know he was an odd duck and all that stuff, but the work Bronco Mendenhall did, now he may do some great work at Virginia, who knows, as he goes forward. It's trending trending that way. Yeah, but I don't know that he can match what he did in Provo there. Now, I'm not, I wasn't close to the Virginia program. I know they've been, they were kind of muddling along, but BYU was a disaster on a lot of levels. And I don't know that Virginia had ever reached the levels that BYU had reached. So what Bronco did there, I can't praise it enough. And Tom hired him. So, yeah, that was excellent. Excellent job. Now, going forward here, uh, Kalani Sataki, you know, remains to be seen because there's sort of. It could go either way. Yeah, last year was one of the most frustrating seasons I think I've ever experienced for the Cougars. With the well, great wins and the horrible losses, it yeah. didn't make any sense. No, just, they they won the games that on paper looked very difficult to win. Yeah, and then when you thought, well, now they're set up for a great year, they lost games that on paper, and not just on paper, but on the field at the end of the third quarter looked winnable. Well, three of them: Toledo, USF, yeah, and Hawaii. They were all yeah. winnable, and they got outplayed thoroughly in the fourth quarter of all three of those games and the difference between the vibe after seven and six and the vibe after 10 and three that's 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 huge yeah and it was right there for the taking in the fourth quarter of those games and you you can make a you could it's easy if you didn't see the games and just on paper to say well they got these issues in the fourth quarter and they got these issues under pressure but under pressure in the fourth quarter, they found a way to beat Tennessee at Tennessee, and they found a way to beat USC at home. So they had gotten it done. Yeah, don't forget Boise. Uh, Boise, there's another great example. And in two of those three games, they had their star running back, and then he got hurt. Well, yeah, Boise, so, they had the third-team quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And Boise, that was, well, they ended up losing their bowl game, but that was the only regular season game they lost. They yeah. were 12-1, and one, and the Bronco fans are sitting there looking at that game thinking, that's why we're not in the BCS. Right. BYU right, right. is why we're not in the BCS. It was a huge win. But Tom isn't necessarily responsible for the wins and losses because he's the AD. He's not the coach. Uh, but the point I was going to make, when Kalani was hired, you tell me who was a better legitimate co- uh, candidate. Kyle Whittingham was never coming. Right. It's not happening. You're not going to take a $3 million salary decrease to go coach a Provo. It's just not going to happen. Andy Reid, forget that. Forget <laughs> that once and forever. And now, t- today, if the hire was available, if the job was available, Kalani's not the slam dunk. There's at least one other guy over there who would deserve serious, serious consideration. And I think we all know who he is. Say his name. Jay Hill. Bing O. <laughs> yes, Jay hadn't done the phenomenal job yet at the time. It just hadn't happened. Now, I would have zero problem hiring Jay Hill. Zero problem. Now, I'm not saying fire Kalani by any stretch. I'm just saying if the job came open. But at the time, who else did you expect Kalani or uh, um, Tom Homel to hire? I thought he was going to hire Kalani. I mean, it's, it's Dave Rose-ish as far yes. as, okay, we can get this guy. Okay, who else is there? Well, the gap to the next guy looked pretty big, you know? I don't even know who it would have been. All right. Oh, you know, with the Bronco hire, uh, you know, Kyle was the obvious guy, and you couldn't get him at that point. And he decided to take the Utah job. So, you know, then to go to Bronco, I mean, it's... it's Well, it was Lance Reynolds, and then they changed their mind. Yeah. It was a gutsy hire. And then the Pope hire. And and Brett McMurphy doesn't really address the Sataki. He ranks Tom based on those first two hires. He doesn't really address... Pope and Sataki. Now, Pope's only been there in a year, one year. It was a good year as far as it went. It was a year with no NCAA tournament. It was weird. But it was, you know, it, it met or exceeded everybody's expectations to the point they were allowed to play games. 
You know, everybody was excited to see, okay, what's going to happen in the NCAA tournament? And it didn't happen. So well, I Pope's get why McMurphy also- kind of uh, passed on these two hires because the Kalani, Kalani's hire could still still go either way. Uh, he's very much like Kyle in that regard. You know, Kyle was, well, no, probably not exactly. But, but similarly, you know, Kyle, two and a half years in, it could have gone either way. Now, by the time he got to four years, well, his fourth year, they go undefeated in the Sugar Bowl. So, you know, <laughs> that was that was pretty much off the charts. Um, and with Kalani, if they fix some of the stuff that sunk them in those games last year, you know, there have been enough big wins that if they eliminate these disappointing losses, you're going to be where you want to be. You know, when you're playing that schedule and you get to 10 and 3, you're going to be awfully happy. But, but, but Tom but can't control that. But they, but in this, and I don't really like the way he did this because leaving out the fundraising, the facilities is leaving out a big part of what ADs are hired to do. But just from hiring it, you're right. The coaches get the wins and losses, but you're getting credit for hiring the coaches. So even though it's secondary responsibility, you're still responsible for the wins and losses. But he had no choice but to hire him. Yeah, he does. That's it. what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I get your point. He hired the right person at the at that time. Remains to be seen how successful he is. We all love the guy, so we hope he's wildly successful. But there was no other candidate that Tom could have hired, so I can't criticize Tom's decision to offer him the job. Now, if you want to criticize the decision to extend Kalani like they did this season, I'm open for that for discussion. Yeah, That's another still, story. It still feels like they had to do that. I don't think they had to do it. Really? No, I don't. I don't think they had to do it, no. There'd been enough success, uh, what you were saying uh, a couple segments ago in the last hour about you got to be careful of getting on the treadmill every two, three, four years and changing coaches. And I think that you've got to, I think that's true, number one. But number two, I think it's not only true, but it has to be underlined at BYU because if you're waiting for return missionaries, which to some degree you have to do. Now, Mark Pope's kind of getting around it a little bit because there's so many transfers involved. But you still have to have a core of high school kids coming into your program, and a high percentage of those are going to go on mission. So, you know, even when you're at four years, you're kind of only at two, although nobody has the patience, so you really are at four. Uh, so they'd want, they'd want enough that, uh, yeah, I, I would have given them the extension. I, mean, I think you had to. I, yeah, I, I think if it had been me, I would have felt like I had to. How would you, why, did you, why would you have had to? And you didn't have to give it to him in the middle of the season. Where is he going to go? Well, who's going to be beating down his door to hire him as a head coach? I don't, I don't see it. You could have waited six weeks. Whatever offer you gave him in October, whenever it was, he was going to take. He was going to take it in January and any time in between. So I don't think you had to give it to him then. No, I, I totally disagree. I don't have a problem with you doing it, but I don't think you had to do it. I thought the timing was probably driven by recruiting, and so that gives them time before the December signing day, which is becoming more important to, you know, the message all recruits is, yeah, he's the guy. He's going he's gonna to be here when you're here. So uh, yeah, but it. you still had you still had a couple of months before the, the, the decision was actually – uh, what am I looking for? You are bound by your decision before you sign. So he could have waited the, uh, at at any point. He could have waited until after the season, and or after the regular season. He chose not to. Fine, but Kalani was going to take the job either way. At, at any point, and if you want to do it then to send the message, fine, great. And you did do it then. How much of a difference did it make? Well, we'll never know. I don't know how many guys, once Tom got that extension to Kalani, and what did he do, pull up the shirt, uh, extended or whatever it was, uh, was it the situation where that convinced X number of recruits, I'm in. I was unsure, but now I'm in. I don't know. Yeah, I, and have to go, even, I don't even, follow that. Even the players probably couldn't tell you that because they make their decision based on a lot of things. And the coach yeah. getting an extension is one piece of information, but there's obviously a lot of other ones for them too. I mean, we always talk because about there, playing time. That's there's one. a coach over there at Weber State 
who has earned the right to coach at BYU if he'd want the job. I don't know that he'd want the job. I don't know that BYU would give him the job. I don't know what the money would be. But I'm just saying, based on production on the field, Jay Hill has earned the right. I would have zero qualms if they decided today Jay Hill is our football coach. And from Jay Hill's perspective, now I don't want to see Kalani get hosed by any stretch, but I'm speaking from the Jay Hill perspective. The point being is Jay Hill has done one of the best coaching jobs this uh, this state has ever seen. There's just no question about it. Well, I don't know. I don't know who it is who will come calling for him. I think some people already have. Uh, there's plenty yeah, of rumors well, about New sure Mexico, and uh, man, I'm not. I'm not Jay's agent, but I would advise him wait for the next one. Um, you know, obviously, I think Utah State or BYU would come calling if they had an opening. Uh, but other people will too. Ooh. And does he want to leave the Utah state? Utah would come calling as a head coach. I said I don't know Utah State and BYU. I don't know that Utah would as a Pac-12. They might. Well, I mean, they uh, just they Utah not. State just had a call. Had, they had yep. one here a couple of months. Did they go? Did they come calling? Uh, there were probably some people there who wanted him, but there were other people who wanted Gary back. Yeah, but you just said obviously Utah State they, would come right, calling. But Gary, they was, just had one. Did they come calling? Some people wanted to come calling, others did no, not. But if Gary, you just said obviously gone, they would come calling. If they have did an they opening, come calling. If they have, they an did opening. have an opening. But Gary wouldn't be in the mix for the next opening. Obviously, you know the answer to this. So only if Gary Anderson leaves, that's the obvious. Right. If they have an opening, uh, going forward, okay. I know they had one a year ago. Good grief. Well, they had one a couple of months back. Uh, yeah. Uh, but but Jay Hill, I see. I don't I don't know that. I don't know that it is obvious. That that's what I'm saying. I mean, apparently you do. Good grief! But I don't. I don't know what the connection is with the athletic administration and Jay Hill. He has zero connection to Utah State, so I don't see why that would be obvious. BYU. It's obvious because he's active LDS, and he's got kids who go there. Before, it is obvious. There's an administrator up there at USU who's got a connection. That's for sure. That's for sure. Former Jerry Weber. does. There's yeah. Jerry Bovey, former Weber State And, and probably, I, I don't know this, but somewhere along the line, you could see where he's going to be the athletic director, and that becomes a strong connection. Well, Hartwell has uh, was also got the shout-out as a top five, and there's all kinds of stories about – you know, him being interested in the SEC and it hasn't been the right fit well, yeah. yet, but inevitably I mean, every, it's, it's going to be. In, every his, Utah State AD who's done anything, what have they done? They've left. Right. Florida State. Yeah, on and on. Yeah. They're just, it's just, the fact is, it's a stepping stone job. And most jobs are stepping stone jobs. Most of the Pac 12 jobs are stepping stone jobs. So it's not a knock on Utah State to say that's a stepping stone job, right? And that's, most of them are. That's a true story. Uh, well, yeah. I think it's just the it's the money thing. Most of the of course most of the group of five AD jobs. I mean, the current USC AD used to be San Diego State's AD, and he left yeah, for on Col- and on. Yeah, yeah, he left for Colorado yeah. and right. Right. So you go, you, that's a big old carousel that just goes and it never yeah. ends. Really. Uh, now, if Jerry Graybill got the job. Yes, but see, my point is they bring in these athletic directors from who knows where, and they may not think a big sky would be good enough. Now, I happen to think, as you do, Jay Hill has earned the right to coach at Utah State. I just don't know who's going to call, who's going to make that call at the time. Doesn't look like Gary has talked about how this one, he, this is it for him. He's moved around a bunch, and he's home again, and his wife wants to be here, and they kept that house up there. So it appears that, and you never know. You can't say never or ever or what have you. But it appears, Gary, who's in his mid-50s now, right, that this is going to be a final stop. So he's going to be there probably for the next three, four, five years. I don't know that, but that's what it appears now. Things change all the time, so you can't really write it in stone by any stretch. But it appears that way, whereas Jay would be the Obvious in my mind, if that BYU job came open, Jay Hill would be the number one candidate. I can't think of anybody else out there who would supersede Jay Hill 
if that job became open. Now, hopefully it doesn't come open. I hope it doesn't come open. I hope Kalani, unless Kalani wants to leave to take another job, I hope he has incredible success. I'm a homer for Kalani Sataki. I'll be the first to admit it. I'm not going to sit here and say I have no biases. I want him to, su- to succeed at the highest level because I love the dude. And that's and as I've gotten older, that's what it amounts. In fact, all the coaches in the state, we know all of them. And I want all of them to succeed. <laughs> Right, because we've been around, we've been around longer than dirt, and we've gotten to know all these guys. First time I had Jay Hill on TV to talk about Weber State, he talked about something I said about him before a Utah BYU game when he was a player. <laughs> yeah, and we had him on just the other yeah. day. Yeah. I want, I want him to succeed, man. And what what a job he's done! Incredible job. So back to Tom. Under the circumstances, he's done a fine job. Well, that's why he got the, that's why he got the yeah. national shout out. I mean, that's that's right. And he should, right? That's why he should. Brett McMurphy gave him that, and uh, and the fact that he gave it to Hartwell too. Uh, you know, if you're a Utah State fan, wondering how attractive would he be if an SEC comes calling, and you know, and they go into his record of of hiring coaches, and they go back to what he did at Troy, which was his job before he came to Utah State, and obviously, you know, they made a basketball hire here that. I mean, it's only two years, so you don't want to pronounce anything, but, man, they've been two awfully good seasons. Uh, yeah, it remains to be seen. I know. I because do. you're going largely, not exclusively, because it never is exclusively, but you're going largely with the prior administration's yep. players. But it, it yep. never is exclusively. But right now, that ho- that hire of Smith grays out as an A+. Plus. I, don't, I don't think there's any, any question on that. Ape, I, yeah, it, it, you, who, however long he's there, could he have a better hire in any sport than Smith in basketball? <laughs> Boy, if he does, then pick your SEC school, buddy. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 to the zone. Joe Ingles is coming up next. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. New York Knicks president Leon Rose said he intends to have the franchise's next head coach in place by the end of July. He says we're looking at a lot of different people with a lot of different mindsets. And philosophies. The Knicks have won one playoff series in 20 years. Sacramento Kings forward Jabari Parker and center Alex Lennon both tested positive for COVID-19, but both said they planned to rejoin the team in Orlando after clearing quarantine. Pacers guard Malcolm Brogdon also tested positive and said he's feeling good as he anticipates rejoining the team as well. That's your Back to Basketball update presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Spencer Cox, the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Utah. Let's talk a little bit about the Jazz in regards to that social unrest. And Donovan Mitchell on Instagram and on Twitter receives comments coming back at him. When you saw some of those responses, what went through your mind? Look, it breaks my heart, but at the same time, I think proves the point, right? We like to imagine that, yeah, this is stuff that happened 40 years ago. We're over this. We're a different place. We're better than this. And while we certainly made some strides, you see those types of comments and you hear that kind of feedback and it makes everything that Donovan is saying real. It is out there. And what I hear from black men all the time is that they're tired of this burden and carrying it. It's time for us to step up and carry that burden for them. And I'm just glad we have somebody like Donovan who's speaking out. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Question of the day up on our Facebook page, Donovan Mitchell. What's his ceiling? How good can he be? Got a lot of feedback from a lot of people there, PK. You can hit us up on Twitter at David DJ James. We're going to talk with Joe Ingles in just a few minutes. Uh, Craig Bolderjack is coming up at uh, 9 o'clock. Joe apparently has been delayed because uh, he's... Uh, Getting tested for uh, COVID nineteen, so I want to throw this out at you, DJ. I made my yeah. point a couple of segments ago that him Mitchell speaking out is actually good for the team 
because as he becomes better and he becomes more comfortable, he becomes more of a leader. I want your reaction to that, to that theory. I think where that plays out the strongest, and I think it matters the most, is if he's seen as a leader around the league. Stockton alone for all their greatness right. and, you know, Hall of Famers and not just the Dream Team. I mean, that would have been enough, but not just the Dream Team. Back on the Olympics in 96, the greatness was widely pronounced and respected across the league. But I think they were viewed and the team at the time was viewed more as an outlier. Right now to have someone who's a leader, a voice in the league, because in my mind, and this may be totally bogus because I'm not an NBA free agent who's been recruited. But in my simple mind, if you're seen as a leader in the league, you're going to have an advantage when it comes to recruiting guys to come play for the team. And it doesn't, in my mind, it doesn't really matter if you come as a free agent or as a trade, you know, do you welcome a trade? Do you push for a trade? You know, if this guy's seen as a leader, if someone that people want to be around, I want to follow his voice on and off the court. I think LeBron is largely seen as that. And I think LeBron's had a lot of success recruiting teammates and it's all, um, you know, all levels matter. It's not just about recruiting a star teammate. It's about recruiting high-level role players. It's about recruiting low-level role players. You know, there's a story, and my son just brought this up with me the other day. He said, who is the player who went to, uh, who went to Cleveland and, and LeBron said, your job's to shoot it. And I said, that was Kyle Korver, you know, former jazz guy who, if you look at, you know, where he's played, you know, he's bounced around a lot. But he's bounced around usually with pretty good teams because he's got a skill that good teams need to make them even better. And, you know, he says, so, you know, I, I paraphrasing, you know, Kyle comes in, but he goes to LeBron because LeBron's the leader and says, you know, what am I here to do? And like, you get in your open, shoot it. Don't think about it. You're here to shoot it, you know? So if, if Donovan becomes that kind of voice, it doesn't guarantee anything. But it, it's one more advantage that you can capitalize on. Be a leader. Be a leader in the league. Someone who people want to follow and want to be around. When it's player acquisition time, whatever that looks like, it's an advantage. It's something you didn't have before, and it's something I think they really didn't even have with Stockton and Malone. Reaction. I have stunned PK into silence. Didn't think I could do it, did you, Yach? Or it was technical difficulties and I didn't do it. But give me my moment, Yach. Just tell me I did it. I did it! Stunned him into silence. (laughs) Yach just told me I did it. Now he's trying to figure out how to connect with PK. Joe Joe disconnected him. Joe has that power right before Joe comes on. Joe did it. We're still social distancing, so PK's broadcasting on remote, so there can be technical difficulties. Two guys sitting across from each other, four feet away, blathering each other for uh, a few hours. Turns out it isn't a great idea, even yet. All right, PK, we got you back. No, you never lost me. I heard you. I heard your Kyle Corver thing. I heard everything you said. Reaction. We just couldn't hear you. That was good because I was screaming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I just think if you're if you're a leading voice in the league, it's going to give you an advantage. Guys are more likely to want to play with you, regardless of what path they use to join the club. I agree 100%. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and that's what I see Mitchell doing. That's why my theory of him speaking out on this stuff is actually good for the team in the long term. All right, a lot of you are joining us at Facebook, DJ and PK. And you're also joining us on Twitter, David DJ James. Uh, some of the stuff coming in, um, uh, some of you are just screwing around. Uh, Brady says, what is PK's musical ceiling? That's the better question. Doesn't really want to talk basketball, just wants to screw around. How good could you be if you got a voice coach, PK? I mean, you're doing all of this just on your own. What? Rob's a little more serious. He says he may be the best player Utah will ever have. He's not there yet, but he's making the right steps. Man, I don't know if I can say that. The best player ever? Yeah, you got a two-time MVP, a two-time Olympian, the second leading scorer in the history of the league. The guy who's taken more free throws than anybody in the history of the NBA. He's going to be better than that? I think that's one of the huge areas of upside for him. I think Donovan's still shooting. 
uh, less than five free throws a game. Man, if that number goes up, his scoring goes up, it's, uh, it's an easy, efficient way to score, and there's still some upside there to, to hit on. All right, DJ and PK, it's time to bring in Joe Ingles. Joe's brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Hey, yeah. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe, and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Joe, good morning. Hi. Good morning. So, Joe, we we heard you had to go through, not for the first time and not for the last, you had to go through a COVID test. Does that get any easier with time? (laughs) Not really. Um, I absolutely hate it. Um, Obviously, now it's um, kind of coming coming closer to, to us um, leaving to play or whatever. The, the NBA is, um, I think it's mandatory, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, making us do it every second day, I think it is, or something like that. So I don't know how exactly, how often, but, but reasonably often. Um, and like I said, it's I absolutely hate it. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a horrible few minutes. You hurt my feelings, Joe. Why? Because I listened to your show for the first time, and it's just not the same without me on it. You and I need to have it out. This honeymoon period that we've enjoyed is now over. I've been waiting for it. I've been waiting for that opportunity. <laughs> okay. There's so many you things that me. bug you about me. You, that, you name I mean, the place, and I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, well, right now. Uh, I'm taking my son to school. Sorry, that's actually way more important to me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I made you, Joe. You know how many... I don't know if you your ratings for the last 400 years that you guys have been doing this. <laughs> the last five or six years have incredibly spiked on Thursday mornings or whatever morning that I am able to come on. The other five days a week or whatever, four or five days a week are probably way down compared to mine. I just want you to know up front, I hate Australian rules, Australian rules football, and it's largely because of you. I'm not a fan of it right now either because they changed the quarter length and there's, there's no fan there. And so I'm right, I'm right there with you. So at least we agree on something. You're no Adam Goodis, Joe. You mean Adam Goods? <laughs> <laughs> did you watch that? Did you watch it? Yes, I did. Did you? I we were going to watch it last night, but we'll probably we'll probably watch it tonight or tomorrow night. But the, uh, ben Simmons was was a part of the kind of producing crew or whatever their uh, whatever his official title is. So it's, uh, it'd be a good one to watch to, to learn some um, some pretty interesting things on Australia and and for Adam Goods and his story. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was talking to DJ earlier. That's exactly what I thought of because when we asked you last week about all the stuff going on in the country, you were talking about how you've been learning stuff because you've yeah. been here for a good number of years. And this was, in, and you've had years. I just had a couple hours, but I was fascinated to learn stuff that I had no idea about. Yeah, and I, and I don't. Um, I'm definitely not going to kind of sit here and say that I I know everything about it or anything, but it, it's something that, um, like I said, I, I know a lot more about the Australian history and, and watching this this documentary in the next couple nights is going to be same thing as you said. Like it's I'm Australian, I've grown up there, I've I've met Adam Goods before and, and stuff like that, but to, to be able to actually sit down and um, hear a bit more in depth of of his story and what he kind of had to go through is going to be. Um, going to be really interesting so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it so how well do you know ben is this uh, a real interest or is there going to be more video more documentaries is kind of a one-off or is this something ben simmons is going to be doing going forward um i mean i i didn't know how into it he was before obviously i mean if you produce a, a documentary or, or movie or whatever it's classified as um you've obviously got to be 
um, reasonably invested into it in 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 the in, as in passion and stuff like that. So um, I think he'll. Uh, I could see him doing a lot of things like this. Um, uh, I think, like you were saying, like to be able to sit back and, and watch it and give Americans an insight. You know, I think he can do a lot more um, of these type of things with with Australians to, to bring it over here and. and and help understand um, a bit of our history or, or other things that he, he obviously chooses to um, to kind of do the documentaries about. So um, I'll watch it first and, and see if I like his producing, and if it's good, I'll, I'll encourage him to do more, which I'm sure it will be. Yeah, I had nothing to relate it to, so I enjoyed it, and it was something that uh, was educational in addition to being, to a degree, entertaining and just learning about another culture that obviously I've never been down there and I've never experienced it whatsoever. My thought for you is the stuff that we're going through now as a country, how does that compare to what's going on in your country? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, we're having a lot of, um, I don't know if it's kind of similar um, things going on, but, but obviously there's... Um, been some stuff based on, on racism and, and stuff like that and um, for us there's been been a lot of the Aboriginal people that have been either jailed or um, kind of manhandled by police or whatever the situation is and, um, probably um, I don't know if Ben had planned for it to be out kind of at this time now with, with everything that's going on but it's kind of a good to sit back and watch and um, like I said last week, I've, I've been on the phone with with Patty Mills a lot, um, texting and, and talking, and, and just trying to um, trying to help, trying to understand, trying to listen, um, and trying to figure out what what we can do as especially as white Australians to to, um, to kind of help make this um, change to, to to change the the way that the world is. You know, I've been curious being around the Jazz a long time. Uh, um, <clears throat> the the players have been, uh, I think, partly just because of the nature of the job and partly because of the way the celebrity has made players so big, they've kind of necessarily been separated from the general public. we got a lot of players now who are very interested in doing some type of social justice work. You know, it'll probably all be related, but based on individual guys, it could be a little different. But they're coming into a town from somewhere else. They're not connected here, and it can be hard to get connected. There's limitations in the collective bargaining agreement with what the club can uh, make you do or have you do. And if you work through your agent, well, your agent isn't necessarily grounded here. You've found a way to connect with people and nonprofits here and do work on autism. What can be done? Because I know there's people in the nonprofit community here who would love to work with jazz players and would have loved it for years and years, long before any of you were here. I mean, going back 15, 20, 25 years. Yeah. What can be done to bring it together? Because it's not easy for them to meet to meet you guys, and it's not easy for you guys to meet them. And then we just see someone like Donovan, he gets the the negative blowback on social media, and it impacts him to some degree. There's no way around that. But the people who want to do what he wants to do have no way to connect with him. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's tough because obviously, um, I mean, I've been lucky in, so, I guess, so many different ways to, to meet people and um, get introduced to people, meet people in the streets is like, I've agreed on deals and, and different contracts and stuff to do off court that I've met. Like I said, met, I've met like people in the street and, and things have worked out. I'll never forget. Um, and this is it going back to Australia, but I um, was in a hotel lobby in, in Australia and I was just kind of, we were all waiting for the, the concierge to, to kind of, <laughs> we were actually kind of probably complaining a little bit that it wasn't as quick to check in as what we wanted and would. Uh, and I was talking to a, a man and a woman, an older man and a woman, and um, just had a general conversation. Nothing, nothing crazy. Um, they asked me what I was doing, and I asked them, and all that. And it turned into um, a, a partnership because of the company that they worked for. And, and I got an email, or my agency got an email out of the blue, and um, and said we we met Joe and spoke to him for five minutes, and we want to partner up. And this had nothing to do with sport or anything like that. Um, but just just kind of meeting someone, I think, I mean, there's, there's obviously so many different ways that you can meet people. I think you, you obviously 
with jazz players, it's hard, or NBA players, because we're all over the place, we're travelling, and I mean, I, I've done it in, in times in public where you really don't want to speak to me, like I'm with my family or my kids, and I don't get to spend that much time with them, and um, sometimes I'll I'll hear people saying my name or whatever, and, and kind of just ignore it, because I'm with my, my kids for the first time in a week, or whatever it is, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I going back to what you kind of said about the, the Donovan and his post and stuff like that. That hurts me as a as a person too because it's. I mean, obviously, I'm. I mean, you guys, I'm really close with Donovan. I've I've been really good, really good friends and, and close with nearly all my teammates that I've played with. And um, to to see, I mean, I read some of the comments after I, I kind of heard what had happened. To me, it's like disgusting, but. Um, Obviously, that's a part of, of kind of what we're going through or what this country's going through of, of people listening and understanding and, and trying, to, um, trying to help, trying to understand what, what, what it feels like or what it is like to be a, a black male or, or a female. Um, so, like, for me, reading that, and then automatically, obviously, for, for me, like I said, being a, a white Australian, it's like, how, how can I help? Like, how can I be there for Donovan? And, and not, obviously, not obviously only Donovan, but this situation with, with what you said with so like, how can I be there for Donovan and, and help him and, and, and help make change? And um, I mean, that's on all of us, but it's a responsibility I'm, I'm going to take and, and try and do the, the best I can to um, obviously be on be on his side and, and, and try and make him feel as comfortable as possible. Going forward, do you see Donovan taking a more active role, not just in social issues, but maybe relative to issues uh, regarding the team? I mean, I would hope so. Um, I think, and that's not a kind of me having a stab in saying he hasn't done it because he, he's been pretty vocal um, probably all of his kind of couple of years, except maybe, maybe his rookie year, but um, he's always voiced um, kind of his opinion to, to us as a team and, and the organisation. Um, I mean, if you, you look at it, it's, it's his and Rudy's team, really. Like, it's it's their team. and um, We're, we're going to build and the team's going to build around them for as, as long as they're here. And hopefully, obviously, that's for, for their whole careers. So um, they both need a, to... To be at the forefront of, of, of anything that, that happens, if, if they feel comfortable, it's, it's always, I mean, I would never, you can never push someone or, or, or beg someone to do something that they, they're not comfortable doing. And um, I mean, that's a part of my conversations, like I was saying with, with Patty, is to, to try and to understand better, to, to, to make sure you say the right things and you're supporting the right things. And um you don't want to just jump out and make a statement or, or tweet something when um, you could, obviously, you, you're trying to do the right thing, but you could actually make it kind of worse. You could be actually hurting more people with your words or, or a certain word or whatever it is. Uh, and that's a part of what I've kind of been going through this last kind of whatever, however long is, is trying to get a really good understanding and doing some research and listening to, to teammates and friends and um, people that, that, that fully understand what it is, and, and I'm going to keep listening and, and keep learning. Joe Ingles joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. As it uh, gets closer to uh, the tournament in Orlando, are they letting you do more as uh, as in, in small groups, the teams? Is it still all no. one work? What are you doing? No, no, we're not. We're allowed one person and one coach. Oh, I think it actually got. I think it's getting, or it's it's some something might be. I think we can get two coaches. Um, soon or, or whatever, but um, the the rumor or whatever is that I don't think we can do anything basically competitive in terms of um, five and five or two and two or whatever um, until we get to Orlando and we um, get through that process of getting there and kind of getting situated. So yeah, not not much has changed here. So it's uh, as much as I love playing basketball by myself it's, it's the complete opposite of why I started playing um, so it's, it's quite boring at times but it, it is what it is you expect everybody on the team except Bogdanovich to be available in Orlando uh, I mean I haven't heard uh, kind of as of as of today any different um, I mean I respect and and 
obviously understand what, whatever someone's situation was and if it was that they weren't comfortable or whatever, I would, I mean, uh, I'm still, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to play. Um, does it mean I'm hundred percent kind of comfortable doing that? Not necessarily, but, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to do the, the best for, for, for myself and my team and, and obviously our organization to, to represent us there in Orlando. And, um, I don't think anyone will be 100% comfortable. You, you, not that you're kind of looking over your shoulder, but you, you just gotta, you've got to be really smart and you've got to hope and rely on a lot of other people being really um, smart about what they're doing and um, hope that the NBA is putting the best kind of protocols they can for a, a pretty short um, planning time um, that, that we can all be safe. And um, this is where the people that don't understand chime in and say that we're making all this money and we should just go and play and and it's much bigger than that we've got we've got families kids we've got our own health we've got people that live with us some guys have grandparents that live with them um whatever it is uh um yeah there's, a, there's obviously a lot going on but i i have no doubt i said it now i probably i don't know what episode it was but um it's a long time and i think people will pull out and and people have obviously started to and some are different reasons um, some guys, I think one was a friend and he's been injured before. Trevor Rees is going through something with his son. Like you can't, you can't blame these guys for, for situations like that. So um, oh, I know if someone in our team was was to decide that, um, I know individually, personally for me, I would, I would support them. And I'd, like I said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go um, and I'm going to go and do my best for, for our team. Joe, we appreciate a few minutes, if not all of your social media posts. Thanks for joining us. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure, and I cannot wait to listen tomorrow morning. <laughs> hey, come on. You've been doing this show for years. you telling me you didn't listen to the show before you came on to see what you were getting into. I'm not buying it, Joe. I, I swear on my children that I've never, ever listened to the show. Um, I might have listened to like something on Twitter, like where you click on the link and you can hear like, Queen's interview or something like that, but I'd never listened to the live. And then I actually, like, I, <laughs> kind of a boring old story, but I pressed, like, the source thing on my car and I accidentally clicked on AM and it didn't bother me. And then I heard you guys talking and I was like, oh, and I was driving into to practice with So I was like, I'll just listen. And then within, like, 30 seconds, you were like, oh, what did we watch last night? And I was like, oh, my gosh, let me turn this off because I don't really care what they watched last night. <laughs> <laughs> now I am glad what you watched last night because you watched the Adam Green documentary. So I'm, I'm, I did. I'm, uh, you were correct. Very happy you did that. So. Yes, sir. No, I hadn't. I, I honestly hadn't. But um, I'm not going to also lie. I, I have listened to it a couple mornings since then. So um, you guys are half entertaining, and um, <laughs> it's funny. It is funny listening to you talk about other things, and for me to. It's a part of like, I, don't, I mean, I know we're about to finish, but it's a part of me too, like the learning and the listening. Like you guys talk about some really good things and you, you bring up things and there's stuff like that I can sit there and listen to and be like, oh, like I'm actually learning something where normally I'll listen to a, a podcast or something and um, something pretty kind of easy to listen to. I'm just trying to, to practice it a little bit, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's good. So, um I would encourage people to do it if they have any interest in you to. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was almost going to be a compliment, but you couldn't bring yourself to do it. I couldn't let it. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, we wish you many more COVID tests. So good luck with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, every couple of days. Every couple of days. Hey. I had to get one because my daughter was sick and it turned out we both got negative results. But as I was sitting in the car waiting to get it, all I could think was, Joe said, this is going to be brutal. Bowler said, this is going to be brutal. And when I got it, it it wasn't good, but it wasn't as bad as I had prepared myself for. Well, my, so the NBA also, as a part of us going in, we had to get our families tested and like I know, I just read something yesterday, there's like a shortage in tests, so they're not doing the kind of the free ones or whatever at the moment. Uh, I don't want people to think like the Jazz or you, like this is mandatory by the NBA. Um, so I got Renee, Renee and our nanny got done because it was people that live with you in your household that is, uh, like I'm around those two girls every every day. So, um, and I was, 
I was kind of hyping it up a little bit of like, man, you guys are going to hate this. It's so bad. Like, this was the worst one I've ever had. Blah, 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 blah. And then they both came home and they were like, that was like the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. And I was like, <laughs> damn it. I just find it really uncomfortable. Like, it's a really, like, who shall... Sorry, that's Jacob yelling at me because he wants me uh, to get off the phone. <laughs> um, no, it's just a really uncomfortable, like... Um, I don't know what you like. Ours the first couple of times we had, like they had to literally go all the way up the back of that nose. Yeah. Where now it's more of like the base of your nose kind of thing, and you where you get all your big boogers um, <laughs> group, grouped up. Um, that I know you guys be. I've seen plenty of people picking them out on the freeway. So um, oh, no. we can talk about that um, yeah, so whatever. It's all good. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Sorry for the booger talk at the end, but that's where they do the new test. So make sure you blow your nose before you go on. All right, Joe. Well, not only does right, your guys. Jacob want you off the phone, our Jacob wants you off the phone after that comment, too. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob's everywhere day. upset with you. Thanks, Joe. All right. All right, there's Joe Ingles. Join us on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. <laughs> right? <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with Joe. All right. Uh, bowlers coming up. Stay with us. 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. PK, one addendum, one added point. Uh, We were discussing earlier about Donovan Mitchell What's his ceiling? How much better can he get? And you said that there is a, uh, a basketball angle to the current um, social change issues. And as Donovan finds his voice, uh, when you loop back to basketball eventually, that could be a positive for the Jazz. And we were talking about how that can help uh, recruit guys and you know be a guy you want to play with. It's Stockton Malone for all their greatness. Hall of Famers, two Olympic teams apiece. Carl's the second leading scorer. John's got the steals and assists records. We know all that. But they were viewed more as an outlier at a time. There weren't a lot of players clamoring to come play in Utah at that point, possibly because those two had the ball all the time and everybody who came knew that they'd be a decoy and a spectator. But that was for then. You know, for now, can Donovan, as he finds his voice, is he seen as more of a leader, not just in the team, but in the NBA? Can he help recruit guys? I think that's one thing. But the thing I wanted to add to it is I think it's also a factor of the energy guys bring when they show up. You know, you're going to have 15 guys on a roster if you're the best team or you're the worst team. But I think sometimes it's just human nature when you go on to team one, two, or three, you're bringing energy and passion and you're looking at the best players on the team thinking, we can get there, we can be there. And then when you're on team 28 or 29, 30 and you're a veteran going to the team, you're like, I'm going to hang on and get a paycheck. It's a whole different energy. And so it's not just that you can convince people to play, but if people see him as a leader, an elite player, they're going to come with a different level of energy and expectation. All right. Yeah, I could buy that for sure. All right, DJ and PK, Bowler's coming up next. Stay with us.